You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us again this week for the second consecutive week, actually, is Kent Backus. He is NCBA's Director of International Trade and Market Access. Kent, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be back. Well, uh, you've been keeping us busy. There is a lot of news on the trade front. We just talked trade uh, when you were in uh, Calgary last week, um, but and so we didn't really plan on doing trade back to back on the podcast. But uh, it's been a very busy week uh, on your front, uh, as we know. Uh, President Trump was in New York this week for a, a series of UN meetings, and uh, as part of that, on Monday, he actually signed a new trade deal uh, with uh, South Korea. Talk a little bit about that and and what the Korean market means for uh, U.S. beef exporters. As you mentioned, you know the president was in New York this week. Uh, he met with many different leaders from other countries. We were excited to see that after months of negotiations, a new modified version of the Korea-U.S. free trade agreement has now been signed. We are excited about that because it essentially left the terms for agriculture in place. And for the U.S. beef industry, this is exactly what we wanted. The last thing we wanted is to see us lose this competitive access we've had in Korea for the last few years. Keep in mind, Since the Korea FTA was implemented a few years ago, we've seen that massive 40% tariff start to reduce. And the other good part of that is we signed our trade agreement uh, originally with Korea. We signed that before the Australians signed theirs. So ours was implemented before them. Because of that, we've had about an 8% tariff rate advantage. And it's been really good because it's allowed us to capitalize on demand for U.S. beef in that market. We've essentially squeezed the Australians out, and that's good news. Uh, you know, not only has Korea become a $1 billion market for us, we're now starting to see big stores like Costco replace all of their Australian-sourced fresh beef with U.S. beef. And that means that U.S. producers are going to find even more value in the Korean market. So this news this week about a modified version uh, for the Korea agreement, we found that is very good news. It did update a few things for the for the automakers and uh, for pharmaceuticals, things like that. But for the beef trade, things have stayed in place. We're going to continue to enjoy great access into the Korean market. Right. And of course, another huge Asian market uh, for U.S. exporters is Japan. Um, and that was a market that we were very concerned about um, when TPP was withdrawn um, in the opening days of the Trump administration. Um, but the, uh, the administration on Wednesday announced um, that there's going to be new bilateral trade talks with Japan. What does that mean going forward? And, and how can we improve our access to that market? I think the important development to notice here is that this was the United States and Japan saying that we're going to you know, try to enter into a formal bilateral trade negotiation. Up until now, it's been the U.S. saying, let's have a bilateral trade deal. Japan's been a little hesitant. They really wanted the U.S. to come back into the TPP. And because of that, they went ahead and ratified it in their own country. Uh, we've seen other TPP countries start to move forward. So, uh, you know, we're a little worried that Japan may continue just to sit on the sidelines. But this development this week is important because now it means that Japan and the U.S. can actually get down to, uh, you know, the, the details of trying to hammer out an agreement. Now, there's still some internal processes in Congress and other things like that that have to happen. But we're hopeful that this means that we'll at least get the same terms or better that we would have had under TPP. Keep in mind, we face a 38.5% tariff in Japan. Japan's our biggest export market, nearly $2 billion in sales last year. About a quarter of our exports go to the Japanese market. We need to have a competitive advantage there. 
So we need a trade agreement to be implemented as soon as possible, something that will give us just as good, if not better, in terms we would have had under TPP. We're very excited about this development. We strongly support President Trump really trying to push this forward. This is very good news. All right. And then finally, uh, on the NAFTA front, we've been talking about renegotiating uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement for over a year now. Um, And I guess we have an agreement in principle with Mexico, but Canada seems to be a sticking point. There's sort of a self-imposed deadline of this coming Sunday, September 30th, uh, I guess because the the Mexican presidency changes uh, on November 30th, and they want to give the outgoing president a chance to sign it. Um, But we're having problems with Canada. So where do you see this shaking out? Um, Do you think we would enter into just a bilateral with Mexico? And Ultimately, if we can't come to terms with Canada, what does that mean for American producers who do export beef uh, and cattle uh, to Mex- uh, to uh, Canada? Sorry. Well, you know, I think we're a little concerned that, uh, you know, Canada continues to stall and delay. I mean, that's a traditional Canadian negotiating tactic. Uh, uh, no offense to our, uh, our friends in the north, but, uh, you know, this is, this is nothing new. They do this quite a bit. Uh, you know, we need to find a path forward. You know, the, the big holdup for them is on dairy. Uh, they've got a couple of other interests that they're trying to protect as well. You know, I, I think that uh, our negotiators are moving at a pretty fast pace. They need to, as you mentioned, in order to, to meet these deadlines and really to try to implement NAFTA before a new president is sworn in in Mexico. We don't want to have to continue negotiating this through next year. So we're hopeful. You know, we're hopeful that you know, Canada will, will see the value in being part of a trilateral agreement. It will will work with the U.S. To, to come to these terms. And if they don't, then we've got to move forward with Mexico. And maybe we can bring Canada in later on. I don't think that's going to jeopardize our access overall. Uh, the only way that would happen is if NAFTA is completely dissolved. We haven't gotten to that point yet. But, you know, keep in mind, it's probably in Canada's best interest to, to get on board as soon as possible because, the administration's also talked about bringing car tariffs. President Trump's been pretty clear. He's willing to put 25% tariffs on car imports from Canada. That would be devastating to the, to the Canadian economy. So, you know, I think there's a lot of posturing on both sides. Uh, I think at the end of the day, both countries want to find a path forward. we got to put politics aside, do what's best for our economy, and move forward. So hopefully that means Canada will move forward with us. All right. Sounds good. We'll keep an eye on it. Kent Backus, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thank you very much. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at beefusa.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.